This is the Visionary Collective podcast, helping visionary, purpose-led entrepreneurs and leaders come together to activate their biggest visions and have the unshakable confidence to build a successful and fulfilling life and business that makes a difference in the world. I'm Lisa Mitchell, and I'll be sharing everything you need to create the foundations and growth to build your legacy. You know you are here to do something bigger as part of the Visionary Collective. Welcome to this episode. So today I want to talk about competition and being competitive and why competition could actually be killing your business. This is such an interesting topic. I'm really interested to dive into it and also to hear your views on it because I was conscious as I was thinking about this. I normally come up with the ideas for my podcast when I'm walking and I'm in my experiences in my business of kind of just pondering these concepts and what will hold our business back and what will take it forward. And competition is such an interesting one because, you know, when I was growing up, we were taught to be competitive. Being competitive was a good thing, right? And that was how you motivated yourself. That's how you moved yourself forward. You know, and we've got more and more of this, of course, in life, in our schooling system with all the assessments and the tests. And, you know, where are you in this grading system that's going on? So, you know, we were taught to be competitive and to say, well, there's a line and I achieve that line or I don't, or I'm better than you or I'm not. Or, you know, we build this business of ours in competition with these other people out here who are doing something similar, maybe, you know, because the truth is that most markets, you know, have many, many products in it. There isn't a new market out there that doesn't have competitors in it, if you want to see it from that perspective. And then there was a kind of like another methodology that came in a few years ago where, you know, the competitiveness was bad and we wouldn't have winners and losers. And, you know, even on school sports days, you know, we would have always participation medals rather than actually saying whether somebody's won or lost. But that's also quite confusing, isn't it? Because, you know, where do I get my energy from? Where do I get my motivation from? You know, and and is it good to have an element of competition? Does that push me to do my best, you know? So as I was thinking about it today, I was thinking, gosh, it's really interesting thinking about this and how confusing the messages around being competitive are. I also do think that there is a major gender split here, that it has been much more acceptable for boys to be competitive and driven and assertive and all of those things. And that sometimes females, people who identify as female, are seen as, you know, aggressive or pushy or whatever, if we stand up for ourselves. You know, there's so many nuances in this. But when I was connecting to it earlier, I was thinking, you know, I can feel where I have evolved on this journey of competition and that I used to push myself by being competitive. You know, I used to sort of see something or see someone and then push myself to be as good as they were, right? Or I would get a satisfaction from being better at something than somebody else was. And it did drive me and it, you know, got me to be successful. It drove me all of those things. And I also worked in organizations where there was a lot of competition. You know, I used to work in Sainsbury's and our major competitor was Tesco's. And we spent a lot of time thinking about how we could beat Tesco's and, you know, and Aldi and Lidl as they were coming up as well. So there was this sense of kind of like, there's only a certain number of customers. There's only a certain number of places in this thing, whatever thing you're doing. And we have to compete to get to those best places to get 
the customers to win. And I think that's led to some pretty unethical and questionable practices from a marketing perspective. And I speak from an ex-marketeer. So I think that's then sort of gets this sense of, you know, we have to take them out in order for us to be successful. They lose, we win. And you can feel even when I'm talking about that, I hope you can feel this sense that competition really comes from scarcity. It says there is a pool of customers and we are competing for them. Or, you know, there's only four places at this top university and I have to compete with them to get that place. Or I'm going for a job and there's five of us that want it, so therefore I'm competing. So at its heart, competitiveness <laughs> comes from scarcity. It comes from that perspective. And when you think about that, it can't be a good place to come from. You know, who wants to come from a place of scarcity and fear? And that's really what the foundation of competitiveness is. It says there aren't enough customers. There isn't enough money. If I'm rich, it means you're poor. I'm taking from you in some way. If I win, you lose. And so it's about polarization and it's about scarcity. And really, when you're in your business and your life, you really want to be in abundance. And the truth is that you can't hold both those things energetically at the same time. You can't be in scarcity and abundance at the same time. So if you're there thinking, wow, you know, I was thinking about coaching earlier. I don't know how many millions of coaches there are in the world now. But, you know, if I'm coming into coaching thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to compete with all these other coaches and, you know, find my niche and, you know, and what if there isn't enough work because there are all these other coaches out there? And you could apply that across lots of different industries. But I say the problem is that it leads to scarcity. It leads to a feeling of tightness. It leads to thinking, well, you know, I need to keep my cards close to my chest. You know, I'm not going to share my stuff because somebody might steal it. You know, this person over here might see what I'm doing online and copy it and plagiarize it. And so, you know, I need to keep my stuff here. And then if somebody plagiarizes me, then I'm going to have to take them to court because, you know, they've stolen my stuff. Can you feel the energy of it all when we actually sit and think about it? So the, one of the reasons that I'm saying that competitiveness could be killing your business is scarcity and abundance can't live in the same place. And we want to be in a place of abundance. And when we're in a place of abundance and when we're connected to our uniqueness and our vision, competitiveness is kind of irrelevant. So I want to talk about this from a product and a person perspective, you know, whether you're a personal brand, whether your business is based around you or whether it's based around a product, your thing is your thing. You know, competitiveness is really an illusion when you think about it that way. So, you know, I'm a coach. I'm also many other things. You know, I bring in healing modalities into my work. I am a visionary in terms of business and with where the place that business can play in the world. You know, I have a strategic background and I have a very strategic mindset as well as a visionary mindset. That's part of my gifts. I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurial businesses, so I bring that uniqueness into what I do. And ultimately, I am just me with all my pieces and all my uniqueness and all my passions. And when I play there, there's really nobody who's competitive with me, you know? And I'm not competing with other people because I don't think that I'm the right coach for everybody. I don't think I'm the best coach for everybody. And sometimes I speak to businesses and I think, mm, do you know what? I'm not excited about that. It's not my thing, whereas I know somebody else will be. Or maybe Maybe they say, actually, for where we are now, that doesn't feel quite right, but this person does. And I'm like, brilliant. Okay. Because I only really want to work with the people that are my people that I'm passionate and excited about.
about and that I can really be myself with and play full out with. So, you know, if you've got a product and you've really created it from a place of innovation and vision, then that product will be unique in some way. Okay. If you go the other way and you look at the market and you say, right, I need to find a gap in the market that I can launch a product into, and you look from there, then you're creating from the existing market, the existing status quo, and you'll probably carve out quite a small space for yourself. If you're coming, however, from a place of vision and innovation and creativity, then you'll come up with something unique because you're kind of dialing it in. You are channeling it through, if you like. And when you do that, it's your thing. You know, I have my own methodology called the visionary way. This is something that's so personal and so close to me that nobody else could replicate it in the way that I can replicate it. Now, I do have teams of coaches that also deliver that and, of course, then bring their own flavor and their own uniqueness to it. Could somebody else steal some of my ideas? Yes. Would it make a difference to me? Not really. Because it's a culmination of so many pieces and so many aspects of me. And I hold a perspective about it that's different and unique. And that phrase, the visionary way, came to me lying in bed one day. I'd been mulling over these this concept and how to, you know, really put together a summary, a way of being, a training and a way of being that I'd seen so many visionaries be successful with. And I wanted to bring that skill set to many more people because I could see how much it was missing in business. I'm sure I was lying in bed one day, this name just popped in, the visionary way. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it, the visionary way. The same with the name for this podcast and for a mastermind that I'm about to launch is called The Visionary Collective. Now, that again is a term that just dropped into me. It was like, oh my gosh, that's it. I'm really passionate about bringing visionaries together. And so it's a very unique concept because it it was given to me almost. I channeled it through and it is born out of my last 17, 18 years experience. And before that, you know, my last 17, 18 years working as a consultant and a coach and my time before that in business. So it's come out of this whole well of experience and depth of experience, which no one else can replicate because no one else has had my life and my journey and my work and my work in the way that I do it. And, you know, when you think about any amazing product, I love to see products that come out that disrupt and break something in the market, right? And you can feel it. It's like somebody goes, well, hold on a minute. Why don't we do this? Or I need that, you know? And, you know, the iPod and the iPhone and all of that is a classic example, right? Of something that we didn't even know we needed. There was not a gap in the market for an iPod when that came out. When I remember seeing the adverts, like thousands of songs in your pocket and thinking, I don't know why I need that. Do I need that? (laughs) Do you know? It didn't come from competition. It came from vision and inspiration and creativity and a new way of being. And that's what I love when I work with visionaries. And if you're thinking about creating a business, if you're in that starting space, is really thinking about honing that uniqueness. So it doesn't really matter what everyone else is doing out there in the world. You know, I used to hate that whole thing that companies used to make you do, which is like a SWOT analysis. What's our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? How can we position ourselves against the competition? And it's never landed with me that because it's a very external perspective versus saying, who are we and what do we stand for? 
And what are we passionate about? And what's unique about us and what we're bringing? And, you know, that's a feeling space, not a thinking space. And of course, you may want to do some research on the size of your market and all that stuff. Personally, I don't do that. I just go for what I go for. And it's always worked for me. It's always been successful for me. Because again, if you get too logical about it, you would never do something visionary and transformational. You would kind of constrain it by the current status quo. So that's partly why competition, that sense of like being in competition with people doesn't work. Because if you've owned your uniqueness, then you are not competitive with anybody. There is no competition. There can't be. And if if you've really honed a product that's unique, there's no competition for that either. You know, and will people come up with copies? Of course they will. And that's okay. And I think I always come from this perspective in the coaching world of, you know, I can see other coaches and what they're doing. And I feel like we're all here to change the world. We're all here to expand people into their potential. We're all here to expand consciousness at the end of the day. And so that's not competitive to me. That's saying, oh, that's juicy. What's your bit? What's my bit? And can we collaborate and co-create together? You know, so if we're all here to create change in the world, if we come together, which is where this idea of the visionary collective came from, then we support and we encourage and we grow together and we multiply that effect. We create a compound effect because my brilliance is working with your brilliance and we all get to rise together. And so I want to kind of do away with this concept of competition. If you feel competitive in yourself with other people, it's because you haven't claimed your power. I'm going to say that again. If you personally feel competition with other people, if you can't be happy when you see somebody else doing well and being successful and you have a bit of like, well, why not me? I know more than them. I've got more experience, all of that then you haven't claimed that power in yourself. You haven't claimed that uniqueness in yourself. It is a level of consciousness, actually, that when you can move beyond that, when you can go, wow, if that person did it, it's possible for me. I love to see people succeed. That doesn't take away from my success. It shows me that that's possible. It opens up more doorways to that potential and that possibility. That's the kind of individual and product piece. And then when you talk about organizations, we also don't want to have competition in organizations. And again, I've seen this play out in particularly in big organizations where maybe you have an umbrella company that has different brands in it and you have one brand competing against the other brand. You know, you know, we're going to do well over here and we're going to beat their market share over there, even if you're part of the same company, which is crazy when you think about it. Or having culture and leadership that pits one person against another or rewards you for winning individually, even if you tread on other people as you come up. Right. As I say, you like that doesn't still happen, does it? Well, yes, it does. It absolutely does. And for many of you, you'll be listening to this going, yeah, I've experienced that. Absolutely. So I want to take this competitiveness out. What if, you know, and take that example of different brands within one organization. What if we were all working together on a common mission and we were working on this side of it and you were working on that side together on it and we grew the market together. We grew our customer base together because I'm not competing with you. I'm saying we really appeal to this kind of person and you really appeal to that kind of person. Great, right? And whether I win or you win, it doesn't matter because we're doing this thing together. So I talk about this concept called co-creation. And I coined that phrase very deliberately because I felt like competitiveness doesn't work for all the reasons that I've described. And collaboration in its old sense doesn't work either because it gets too soft and wishy-washy and it doesn't have enough intentionality in it. 
was when we talk about co-creation, this is where I'm saying you have to do your individual work because I need to stand in my own power and energy and you need to stand in your own power and energy. And then we look together and we say, okay, how can we come together powerfully? How can we create something brilliant here where I'm playing out to my fullest potential and you are, and you are, and you are, and you are. And what we create together is miraculous, right? And I know which bit I'm leading. I know which bit I'm passionate about. And I know which bit you're leading and you're passionate about. And so it isn't a win-lose anymore. We all win. I win, you win, and the business wins. And we come from that perspective. So it doesn't mean that we can't celebrate me and say, wow, you did an amazing job there. Well done. It doesn't take away from individual achievements, but it means I'm super happy for you. And I haven't done it in a way that you know <laughs> chops somebody else off at the knees. And I'm opening up more space for us all to play together. So we get to be inspired by each other. We get to hold space for each other. We get to be as pleased for other people as we are for ourselves, you know? And this is a cliche, isn't it? But it's absolutely true. When, you know, I, I had a big win in my business the other day and my coach phoned me and was literally screaming down the phone. You know, <laughs> I, I honestly think she was more pleased than me, you know? And I love that. And I'm the same with my clients. You know, I want my clients to get wins. I want them to, it doesn't bother me whether they make more money in their business than I do, or, you know, that they have a bigger house than me, or, you know, they have a bigger business than me. It doesn't bother me at all. We're expanding space together and I'm doing it in my world and they're doing it in theirs. And we stand as equals and peers and adults in this equation. So we take out that kind of like hierarchy. We take out that sense of like, I need positional power to be able to tell you what to do. We take out the sense that the leader has to have all the answers. You know, we take out that sense of like, I win, you lose. Because if you do that, you end up in scarcity. And practically that doesn't work. It wastes a whole lot of time with people competing against each other. And energetically it doesn't work because I say you can't be in scarcity and abundance at the same time. So my vision is that we create abundant, visionary places in business where everybody can play out at their fullest potential. And we're holding space for that. And the more that you step into your potential, the more you create space for me. And the more we, we expand and we expand and we expand. And that's the goal. The goal is never to win at somebody else's cost. You know, I don't want to win business at the expense of another coach. I want to win the business because I know in my heart that I'm the right person for that company and that client. I know it in my heart. And if they choose somebody else, fair play, good on them. Go out and do amazing things. <laughs> you know, there is a non-attachment in here also and a sense of trust that the right things happen. You know, now, does that mean sometimes that I've gone for business and I haven't got it and I've been disappointed? Absolutely. Because I'm very visionary. I can see the vision for people. And sometimes I feel like I've got it, like it's right. I know it in my soul. And then they don't choose it. And that's the way of the world, right? We, we're all at personal choice. But I don't allow myself to hold back or not be excited or not be pleased for the other person because I'm a little disappointed for me. You know, my little human self might be disappointed and both think, oh, I really want to do that because I can see exactly what can be created. That's okay. 
but I never feel badly for the other person that got it. I don't feel angry. I don't feel resentful. I don't feel like, oh, we were better than them. We didn't get the job. I never feel like that. I feel like, okay, that was not meant to be. So as I talk about this, I really hope that you're getting a sense of how we are shifting beyond this competitive element. And, you know, there's a lot still on social media and in the media at large that tries to teach us this element of scarcity and fear and pain. And I only win if you lose. You know, we can't let immigrants into this country because they'll take away all our resources, right? That's coming from a place of scarcity, you know? I have to compete against that person to win. Well, do you? Probably not, actually. And you put yourself in a very tight, scarce situation if you do that. So I've been talking a lot about my vision for business this month. And this is something that I feel is such an important lever to create this new vision in business, that we don't compete in that old way, that we co-create together that I own my own power and my own responsibility in terms of what we're creating. And so do you. And so does everyone that comes into this business. That we're not in that kind of like icky, codependent kind of relationships. We're not like parent and child relationships. I'm not looking to you to fix something in me. I am taking my own power and leadership and I expect you to take yours and we co-create together. Now, that also doesn't mean that there won't be challenges along the way, that sometimes, you know, I might get triggered or you get triggered or, you know, we disagree about something and we maybe don't have the skill set yet to deal with that in a really beautiful, elegant way. And that's okay. We work through that from a place of trust and abundance and co-creation. And we grow and we learn as a part of it. So it's not like, you know, we switch this on, right, so we're going to be non-competitive and co-creational and then the whole thing switches overnight. This is a journey and it's a cultural journey. But I truly believe that this is one of the pieces that will define the businesses that are being successful in the future and the businesses that are not. And that the people that hold on to this old energy, this competitive energy, whether that's, you know, say out in the media or on social media or in business or whatever, it won't work in the longer term because we are evolving. I really believe that. And I see that very clearly with the clients and the organizations I work with, that there is a big evolving piece to this jigsaw. And that, as I say, the companies that embrace this change and that can step into this place of co-creation and let go of control and create cultures that have autonomy and freedom and trust and all of those things built in, of course, you're going to release more potential. It's kind of obvious, right? You are going to release more potential. You are going to release the bottlenecks at the top of your organization. You're going to take the pressure off the founder and the CEO and people at the top. You're going to create more engagement and more motivation and more energy in the business in general. And that's where we really want to be, to have business as a force for change in the world, to have businesses where I think, well, I love going in there because those people always stretch me and we have these amazing conversations. I feel free and inspired and open when I'm in there. It sometimes challenges me, but in a good way, because I can still feel like people are holding my potential. It's not personal in that sense. It's that we're all growing and evolving and being a unit together, a cohesive whole together. So I want you to really think about this because you might say, well, I'm not competitive or we're not competitive with other people, but this is quite sneaky. There's the kind of obvious level of it where I'm, you know, obviously in competition with everybody else or my businesses or our businesses. But there's also like a sneaky level of competitiveness where I see something, say, you know, I see somebody get promoted above me and I think, oh, 
I'm better than them. Why did they get it? And I didn't get it. You know, or I see somebody on social media and I'm envious and I'm jealous. That's also competitiveness. So just looking for these places in yourself, which are less abundant and less generous and being able to work through those things so that you can build your life and your business from a place of co-creation and abundance and joy, because isn't that where we all like to play? Thank you for listening to the Visionary Collective podcast with myself, Lisa Mitchell. If you're a visionary founder or leader and want to transform your business, please do get in touch at lisa at lisamitchell.co.uk. 